wherever you are. We thank God for tonight. This is a continuation of the series I started last week on casting out demons. Last week in part one, we saw the origins of demons, where they come from, who they are. And then also we saw the things that they do, some characteristics of demons. And then we also showed that Jesus Christ in his ministry, one of the most effective or one of the most prominent things about Jesus' ministry was that he preached, he cast out devils, he healed the sick, and he taught. So there was teaching, there was preaching, there was casting out of demons, and Jesus walked in all of these, and then he healed the sick. These four were characteristic of his ministry. And when he was leaving the earth, he gave instruction to his disciples, and that effectively includes everyone who has believed in Jesus. He says in Mark chapter 16, from verse 15 and 17, he says that he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that does not believe shall be condemned. Then he says, these signs shall follow those who believe. In his name, we will cast out demons. It was the first sign that will follow believers in their pursuit of the master's will in preaching the gospel to every creature. We are told that the first enemy will be demons that need to be cast out. And we saw last week as well that Jesus preached, he healed the sick. And then we showed also throughout the scriptures that demons were cast out and then demons were also behind diseases. And so we saw so many of these examples of the characteristics of demons and the fact that Jesus himself, his ministry was characterized by casting out of demons. And then we also learned that it was a command given to every creature giving to every Christian, sorry, giving to every Christian, it's a command. So if you're a Christian, we are told that we are supposed to cast out demons. Now, the fact that we are to cast out demons then suggests that demons are enemies. They are, they are opposers of the will of God and they stand in the way of God. And I want you to please do well to go back to last week's broadcast, last week's message, which is available on YouTube and on Facebook, and then refresh your mind on that. Tonight, we still got so much to do, so I won't go back into all that. We saw that demons causes diseases. That's where we, we ended off last week. And when we look at Luke chapter 11, verse 14, I'll just give one example of demons causing diseases and afflictions, and then we'll look at a few things. Then we can learn about how to cast demons out. And then probably next week, we'll look at different kinds of demons, because Jesus also taught that. Now, in Luke eleven fourteen, 14, the Bible says, And Jesus was casting out a demon, and it was mute or dumb. So it was, when the demon had gone out, that the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled. Now, this clearly suggests that the inability to speak was as a result of a demonic spirit, a demon that is present in the life of this person. And so that person was unable to talk. And throughout the scriptures, as we saw last week, some people were born deaf and dumb. And when they were brought before Jesus, he said, deaf and dumb spirit, come out. And when the spirit came out, the person was able to speak and the person was able to hear. So this scripture then tells us, again confirming that there are many of such cases of 
illnesses that demons are behind. Now, we are not out of our mind here. We are not saying that whenever there is a problem, it's demons. And so we will not seek medical attention. No, our church, we will still advise you to go to the hospital. Myself, I'm a medical scientist, so I know about that. But then there is a power that is above medical science. There is a reality that is above medical science. And there's no amount of intellectual knowledge that can nullify the fact that there is God and there is the existence of the spirit world and that the spirit world controls the natural. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 that the things that we see, are not made of things that are seen. The things that are visible were not made of things that are visible. That takes you the invisible world controls the visible world. And so throughout the scriptures, we have seen that Jesus had to cast demons out and people got healed. Jesus had to cast demons out and a deaf person could hear and a dumb person could talk. And so there was a demon behind and Jesus even identified and said, you dumb spirit, come out. And the spirit came out. And so this confirms that such beings, these supernatural, invisible, disembodied beings called demons, they exist and they cause afflictions, they cause illnesses, etc., etc. They oppose the plans of God and they are things that need to be cast out of their places of control so that the will of God will be done, so that people can be delivered, so that nations can have peace, so that communities can have peace in the name of Jesus. Now, the Bible tells us also, one of the things I want you to learn about demons tonight is the fact that several demons can inhabit one person. Several demons can stay in one person. They can come and live in one person. That's very strange. These demons can come, these spirit beings can come and live in, in one person and produce different behaviors, different characteristics, and different and strange behaviors that sometimes one person demonstrates all of these because of the different kinds of demons because it looks like demons have an identity to a particular problem just like we read in the scriptures jesus addressed one demon and says you deaf spirit come out you dumb spirit you mute spirit come out that means that spirit causes dampness and that was was, was cast out by Jesus. So there are demons, therefore, that cause all kinds of problems, different problems. Let's assume here, let's take it, that they specialize in causing different levels of problems. So every demon, every problem may have a particular demon responsible for that type of, of situation. Now we will look at a few scriptures and then help ourselves this evening in Jesus' name. Now I'm telling you that several demons can inhabit one person. And this could explain the different strange behaviors that sometimes people exhibit. Mark chapter 5 and the verse 1 to 20. Mark chapter 5 verse 1 to 20. The scripture says, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. Verse 2. And when he had come out of the boat, that is when Jesus had come out of the boat, Immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. I told you last week that there are different names that are used to describe demons. Some of them were called evil spirits. Sometimes they are also referred to as unclean spirits. And the Bible says a man with an unclean spirit. So in this case, he was exhibiting a very peculiar behavior. And it was one demon 
that has taken was the spokesperson for the rest, but we'll soon see that there was more than one demon living in one man. And the Bible says he had his dwelling among the tombs. This guy lives in cemeteries. He can't live in a normal home because all his mind has been taken over by such demons and they are messing up the guy's life. His case is not just an ordinary mental health issue. There is something behind the situation. The Bible says, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. That if they try to, to bind him with chains, he just tears it off. Last week we saw certain characteristics of demons that they could lie. And one of them was also that they are very strong. They exhibit extra human abilities, strength. And so when someone is possessed with demons, sometimes the person is able to show off a certain level of strength that is just superhuman, just abnormal. It's not within that person's strength. The person may be small, but then when that person is possessed, you find out that that person can throw quite a lot of people down and be able to defend themselves or just get away with things because of their strength. And that strength is coming from the spirits that are within him. This guy, nobody could bind him. When they try to, to restrain him, he just change, takes the chains off. Verse 4, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. Nobody could tame him. He's so wild because he's possessed with demons. And the Bible says, and always, night and day, he was in the mountains and the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones, self-harming with stones. He had no control of himself. Demons had taken over his life. And the Bible says, when he saw Jesus from afar off, he ran and worshipped him. He ran and did obeisance at his presence. Every knee shall bow. At the presence of Jesus, demons will bow. The Bible says no one could restrain this guy. No one could tame him. But when Jesus showed up at the shore, this guy just ran. You see, there is a certain presence that provokes demonic presence anywhere. That's why you must carry the presence of God as a Christian. Because when you appear in a place and there are demons in the place, there will be some uncomfortability because your presence carries the presence of God. And this is what happened here. When Jesus showed up on the shores of Gadara, the Bible says, this guy that no one could tame immediately ran and did obeisance, fell on the ground before Jesus. And then he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you? Jesus, son of the most high God. Jesus was not having any ID on him, but the demons knew him. And the Bible says, he said, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Because Jesus had said to him, that's what verse 8 means when he says, for, that means because. He has said to him, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. So because Jesus said, come out of the man, you unclean spirit, there was a response from the demon that was in the man. And the man said, have you come here to destroy me? Don't torment me. The demon spoke out. Last week we learned that they speak. In this case, the demon spoke out when Jesus commanded him to come out of him. 
Demons must be commanded out. We don't negotiate with them. Now the Bible says, then he asked him, Jesus asked him, verse 9, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Legion. Legion means about 3,000 to 4,000. So 4,000, 3,000, it is estimated that it is between 2,000 and 4,000. So this number, thousands of demons are living in one person. He is the residential address of demons. And they've possessed him. And they are destroying him. And they are the ones behind his self-harming. They are the ones behind the fact that no one could tame him. He's out of his mind. He just lives in cemeteries and on mountainous areas. And shouting every day. He's classified as mad. Nobody goes near him. And because of that, if he's in one place, no one could be in that area. He would terrorize the whole area. And Jesus came to town, diagnosed the situation, and he commanded the demon to leave. And there was a reaction. And the Bible said, he said, we are many, verse 10. And so they begged Jesus earnestly. He begged Jesus earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large head of swine or pigs were feeding near the mountains. So all the demons begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. In other words, he commanded them to come out. And the Bible says, then the unclean spirits, see again, is used interchangeably. The unclean spirits. So there was more than one. There was only one who was spokesperson, but there were more. And the Bible says, the unclean spirits went out of the man and they entered the pig. And there were about 2,000 pigs. They entered them. There were about 2,000 pigs. All these demons entered the 2,000 pigs. That means that it could be from the scripture, about 2,000 deep demons were living in this guy. And all of them left individually into all the pigs. And the Bible says, and the herd of pigs ran violently deep down the steep place into the sea. And they all drowned in the sea. As I said last week, they all drowned and they died. So that should not be the reason why you will not eat pork. All the pigs died in the sea but the fact is that now it doesn't also mean that because the demons went into pigs it is a sign that pigs are actually receptacles or pigs are, i mean you know they attract demons or so if you eat pig uh, pork that means that you will be easy for demons to possess or attack i mean this is totally not founded in scripture at all if there were goats there they would have directed it to them only what was available were pigs and this was an unusual thing jesus could have cast them anywhere but for whatever reason he chose to just direct them out here into the pig one way or the other he spoke some people's business because these pigs did not belong to this guy but jesus had to save a man instead of animals and so the bible says all the pigs went into this into the sea and they all died. And definitely as they died in the sea, those demons would have come out of the pigs anyway and carry on with their mission outside that area because they've been cast out of the place. They've now left the body of the man and they may be somewhere. Somewhere in the teaching we will see how when an evil spirit comes out of the man, Jesus describes what they do and they attempt to come back again. But in this case, as they entered the sea, 
they would have been in the sea or somewhere in that vicinity, but they were out of the man. And the important lesson here, based on what we are teaching tonight, is the fact that many demons can live in one person. They can inhabit one person. And that is the important thing for you to realize. As Jesus commanded us, this is an assignment for every believer. And it is important to teach this so that Christians will understand it is part of the assignment given to us. There are entities called demons. They will stand in the way of your mission. They will stand in the way of the mission of the church. They will stand in the way of the mission of your family and every God-ordained mission. And Jesus said, we must cast them out. If Jesus said it is something believers must do, that means believers must be taught about it. Amen. Amen. Now, so the Bible tells us that these demons left. And look at what happened. So those who fed the swine fled and they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out. People went out to see what has happened. Verse 15. Then they came to Jesus and they saw the one who had been demon possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. What a miracle. He's sitting now. He's clothed in his right mind. He's sober. He's not cutting himself. All the things that were responsible for his behavior had been cast out. Jesus said cast out. Jesus himself cast out these demons. And when they left the man, the guy was all right. He was all right. And they became afraid. Verse 16. And those who saw it told them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and about the pigs. So they began to plead with him to depart from their region. Amazing. Amazing. I thought this is when they would have said thank you. Because this demon-possessed guy was running riot in the whole town. Maybe they can't take their children to school when that guy is on that street. And Jesus came, solved the problem. And instead of showing gratitude, they deported him out of their country. It's another matter when we talk about ingratitude. But let's move on here. Jesus cast a demon out of a man. And the Bible says, when he got into the boat, so the, he got, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him that he would follow Jesus. However, Jesus did not permit him. But Jesus said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. And how he has had compassion on you. And the Bible says, he departed and he began to proclaim in Decapolis, all that Jesus had done for him and many marveled. The guy went to preach in 10 cities. Decapolis means 10 cities. The guy ultimately became an evangelist preaching the gospel in 10 cities. This is a man that possibly God may have a plan for. Demons have taken him over. They were destroying him. Jesus came, cast the demons out of him and the man was in his right mind. He could do normal things again. Probably he got, he got married and now he could preach the gospel and he planted churches and preached the gospel in many cities. Ten cities. What a blessing. And this is an indication how the enemy can come in to want to stop somebody's progress. But it takes one to stand as a believer and cast demons out. Receive strength. Receive revelation. Receive insight to cast demons out in Jesus' name. They can live in so many people. Let's look at Mark chapter 16 verse 9. Another example of how demons can stay in one person many demons can live in one person mark chapter 16 verse number 9 now when jesus 
rose early from the dead on the first day of the week. He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. We all talk about Mary Magdalene. But the Bible is telling us here that actually before she became a follower of Jesus, she was possessed with seven demons. Jesus cast them out again. The first example, we see 2,000 demons living in one person. Here we have seven demons living in Mary Magdalene. Jesus cast it out and she could follow Jesus. What a blessing. She was that first woman who preached the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus has risen from the dead. And that first gospel was not preached by a man. It was a woman. It was Mary Magdalene. Can you imagine the devil would have robbed her of this opportunity, of this transgenerational opportunity that is over 2,020 years since Jesus rose from the dead and we're still reading the scriptures and talking about Mary Magdalene. She was the one at the tomb. She was the one that Jesus said to go and tell my brethren I am alive. We will meet in Galilee. She went and announced the news to Peter, James and John. It was that woman but she could have been stopped if these demons had been living in her. Jesus cast it out of her. She became a follower of Jesus. What a blessing. Look at Luke. Luke chapter 8 and verse 1 to 3. Again to confirm that. Luke chapter 8 verse 1 to 3. Now it came to pass afterwards that Jesus went through every city and village preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And verse 2. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Some of the women who were following him, he has a ministry team. There were women in need. We only read about the men, but there were women following him. Amen. And the Bible says, these women, they had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Before they became saved, before they followed Jesus, they had these spirits in them. Jesus cast it out of them and they became followers of Jesus. One of them was Mary Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons. So seven demons were resident in her, and Jesus cast it out. And Joanna, the wife of Shusa, Herod Seward, and Susanna, and many others who provided for him from their substance. These people, these women, they pushed Jesus' ministry. They were, they were the financiers of his ministry. They followed Jesus, but before they came, they had demons in them. And Mary Magdalene, we see another confirmation. She had seven demons in her. Jesus cast it out. Again, confirming the teaching tonight that one person can be possessed by more than one demon. And then the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 11, verse 24 to 26. Luke 11, 24 to 26. Jesus gave a very interesting revelation about existence in the spirit world when a demon comes out when a demon is cast out something happens what happens to these demons when they are cast out the bible says in verse 24 and the verse 26 of luke chapter 11 jesus speaking here says when an unclean spirit goes out of a man he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none, he says to himself, I will return to my house which I came from. When a demon is living in you, they see you as their house. When a demon is living in someone, they see that person as their house. 
because they are disembodied beings. They can't operate until they have something to enter or someone to enter, an animal or a human being or an object. Most of the time, they want to express themselves by entering into humans to execute their will. And here we are, the Bible says, he says, I will return to the house in which I came. Jesus is the one speaking here. He understands these things. He has been there. He's the creator. He is the one who created all things. John chapter 1 verse 1. In case what I'm sounding strange to you. John chapter 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. All things were made by Him. And nothing was made without Him. In Him is life. And this life is the light of man. And then when we read up to verse 14, we are told that this word then became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the father. So all things were made by him, the word. And then the Bible tells us here that Jesus is the one who is speaking. And he says, when an evil spirit come out of a man, he goes and walks through dry places. And when he can't find another person to enter or another place to enter or another animal to work through, he says, I'm going back to check the house I used to live in. May you not be the house of a demon in the name of Jesus. And when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. In other words, things are now orderly in the place. But when things are orderly in the place, you must still be on your guard. That person must still be on guard because that demon will try to come back in. He says he finds the place swept, swept and it has been put in order. That means this person now is in his right mind. In case the demon that was possessing that person was a spirit of lunacy or alcoholism or any, all the crazy stuff you can think about, that person now is not doing those things again. Jesus is teaching a very interesting revelation here that it is possible that this demon will want to stage a comeback. That's why you must stay pure. That's why you must stay righteous. That's why you must be on the alert. That's why you must be praying. That's why that person must have the word of God. That's why that person needs a defense of prayer because the enemy will want to launch a counter attack and to come back in. And Jesus said, and then he goes. Now he finds there's a loophole. He goes and takes with him seven other spirits. The word seven means complete. Seven other spirits more wicked than himself. Now this demon is already wicked. Now he's going to bring seven more who are more wicked than him. That tells you that even among demons, there are rankings of levels of wickedness. There is one class of them in Ephesians chapter 6. They are called spiritual hosts of wickedness. You understand that word? They host wickedness. Every level of wickedness you can imagine. There is a spiritual hierarchy of demons called spiritual hosts of wickedness. Probably seven members of that squad will be taken by this demon. And they will come to want to enter this person. The Bible says seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they will enter that man and dwell there. And the Bible says, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Worse than the first. That means when demons are present in the life of someone, the person's life becomes worse. If he used to drink and he got delivered a little bit. I don't drink anymore. This year, 2020, I'm not drinking. 
COVID-19 has even made it possible that I'm staying home, I'm not drinking. Gradually, temptation comes in. And when they find a way to get in, that guy becomes worse. He becomes worse. Now, if he used to take two bottles of alcohol a week, now he's just going to go 100, 100 bottles a week. Nobody could manage him because the final state of that person will be worse. In the same way when he, the, these demons enter into marriages, enter into a man, enter into a woman, enter into a workplace, etc. The final state will become worse. Their intention is to fulfill the work of their master. Jesus said the devil comes to steal, to destroy, and to kill. They won't let you go. They will steal, they will kill, they will destroy and that's exactly what you are finding here. Jesus said, a demon comes out. He goes around, keep on checking whether there is vacancy, whether there's any loss of God, whether there's anything that will give him chance to come back. And when he sees a loophole, he's not coming back alone. He's going for seven more wicked spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter the man with one sole purpose, to make sure his last state will be worse than before. This is an indication that many spirits can then inhabit a person. And in each of these cases that we have seen, we've seen that it's not a very pleasant and healthy situation. It's a bad case. And that's why Jesus said, when you preach the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, cast demons out. Cast demons out of the people. There is demons that may have led people to stay in a state of unbelief. You cast the demons out and they will receive the gospel. They will not stand against it. Their lives will not be wasted. Then we can show them the right way to live. There is a right way to live. In Jesus name. So these scriptures as we can see has shown us that demons, a lot of them can stay in one person. I want us to move on to look at how to cast demons out how to cast demons out how do we cast demons out now jesus said to us in the assignment he gave us in mark chapter 16 he says go to the world preach the gospel mark 16 15 to 17 preach the gospel and those that believe shall be saved those who will not believe they'll be condemned and these signs shall follow those who believe in my name they will cast out demons. Throughout the scriptures, this word is used, cast out. Cast out. Cast out. To cast out means to remove them by force. To remove someone by force. To remove a thing by force. You cast it out by force. It's not discussion. By force. Amen. To cast out means to remove demons by force. Out of a person, a place... An object or a location. Because demons can be in all these places. They can be in a place. They control the place. And you, you can tell the characteristic of the behavior of people in that community. Tells you what kind of spirit is in control over the place. So a person, a place, an object or a location. Because things can be dedicated to demons. And demons can inhabit certain objects. Some gifts have demons attached to them and it's sent to, to as an assignment to go and harass a family, a home, etc. There are many things that sometimes people have in their place, in their homes, and they may be connected with such things. They may be dedicated things that are there. That's how you have altars in places. There's a spirit in charge of it. 
And sometimes that has to be cast out in Jesus' name. So you command them to leave and for them not to come back anymore. If we are casting demons out, I told you it is by force. Now that does not mean that if anybody is possessed with demons, we have to lash them, beat them. We don't do that. That's not Bible. You can't stone them. You can't hit them. You can't slap them. You can't kill them. If you kill them, the demon in them will jump out of them and enter the next member of the family. That's why it's, it's like when you say there's a witch in your family. You can't kill the witch. You must use the word of God to cast them out. You can't go and stone your mother and your father or grandmother and grandfather because, because of what? If you believe and you really have a word that they are possessed, use the scriptures. It takes the power of prayer with the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God to cast the demon out. And that's it. We don't slap. We don't beat. We don't use canes. We don't do anything to them. We don't pour any object on them. There is no violence. Nothing of this. And they mustn't be given things to drink by force to vomit. If there's anything in them that must come out. The presence of God and the power of God is able to do that without your help. Amen. Without the help of any concoction. So it is totally unbiblical. To try to give concoctions and beat people and slap people and threaten people. You can't threaten a demon. The only way to threaten a demon is to use the name of Jesus, not the person, but the spirit in the person. Amen. Amen. So we cast them, when I say by force, I'm talking about addressing that spirit by the force of the authority of the kingdom mandate that you carry. In the name of Jesus, Amen. you order the demon to come out. But the person that is possessed, you are not supposed to beat them. There's no reference of scripture that Jesus did that or any of the disciples did that or any of the early members of the church of Jesus Christ in the Bible ever assaulted anyone. None. None. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 3. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The scripture is very clear that though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war after the flesh. That's the second Corinthians 10.3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war after the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare, they are not physical. You see, that's why it's not Cain. It's not about any of all those things. But they are mighty in God to pull down strongholds and cast down imaginations. Hallelujah. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 to 17 tells us that we should be strong in the Lord and put on the whole armor of God that we'll be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Then he says, for well, we wrestle not against human beings, but we are wrestling against spirit beings in the four hierarchies of the satanic setup, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places, in high places. So it's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. So again, let me emphasize because so many of these things go on in many, many places. And people are whipped and physically assaulted. It's unbiblical. You can't do that. The power of Jesus is able to do things without touching anybody's skin. Nobody should be burned with fire or tortured for demons to come out. If you do that, you are powerless. When you carry the presence of God, and you show up anywhere, demons will know that you have come. Yes, sir. 
and they can't continue to operate in that place freely. In Jesus' name, amen. So don't go and attack anybody because you think they are demons or demons are feeling them and they are being used by the devil. As it's, there's no physical assault. The name of Jesus, the power in his word is able to deal with things. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. I remember some years ago at an all night, some church was organizing all night and they asked people to buy canes that they are going to beat the devil. Which scripture admonishes us to do such things? Which devil are you going to beat? Similar to another group that always go and stone some devil. You can't stone him. You need to cast it out. As for Satan himself, there's no scripture that tells us we can bind him. But we bind demons and cast them out. When we get there, I will show you. Amen. Amen. So command them to leave so they come back no more. Mark chapter 9 verse 25 and 26. Let's see how Jesus himself approached one of these. There are many examples, but let's look at one of them. Jesus Christ himself this time, before it comes to us. For us, we have to use a different approach to Jesus' own. But the principles are the same. When I say a different approach, when Jesus is casting a demon out, he doesn't say in the name of Jesus. But when we have to cast a demon out, we have to say in the name of Jesus. That's what I meant by a different approach. Now in Mark chapter 9 verse 25 and 26 because last week we saw so many biblical examples of jesus casting demons out i just want to give you one of them to say that you command them this is how you approach it you command the demon to leave and not to come back anymore it's a command you carry divine authority the reason why many of us are not able to do this many christians is because you are not aware of who you are you need to have a revelation of who you are in god Amen. you are filled with the holy spirit you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says, You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God dwells in you. You are carrying the presence of God. You are dedicated by oil and blood. And the anointing of the Lord comes into you. So you carry so much power. And Jesus has also said that all power in heaven and on earth has been given to him. So that in his name, we should do these things. So the scripture says in Mark chapter 9, verse 25 and 26. Mark 9, 25 and 26. Mark 9, 25 to 26. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying to it so what he said constitutes the rebuke last week i taught you you don't meet a demon and say i rebuke you i rebuke you no that's wrong you what you say constitutes the rebuke a rebuke is a verb it describes an action so the bible says in this case a man had brought his son to jesus first he brought the if you read from the beginning verses the bible says that jesus had been on the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and had left nine of his disciples at the foot or the base of the mountain. And whilst they were there, a certain man brought his son, who has been deaf. And not only that, sorry, he's been dumb. And not only that, but the spirit also moves him to have various episodes of convulsions. And then he throws the boy down. Sometimes he suffers some feats. 
and sometimes you will even fall into fire, etc. Some of you may identify some of these things probably in members or some members of your family. But this was the case here. And the disciples could not cast the demon out. And so the Bible says when Jesus finally came down from his prayer retreat, the man came to him. Jesus saw a crowd talking. Jesus asked, what is the matter? And the man said, I brought my son for your disciples to cast the demon out. And they could not. They could not cast the demon out. Remember that these disciples, this is not their first time that they had had a demonic encounter. In Mark chapter 6, Jesus sent them to go and preach. And the Bible says they cast out many demons out of people. But this very one, they couldn't deal with it until Jesus himself came. And that's why the Bible says, when Jesus saw the people came running together, verse 25, he rebuked the unclean spirit. A boy has been brought before him. He dealt with the spirit in the boy. He didn't touch the boy. He dealt with the spirit in the boy. And said to it, you see, he said to it, if it's the boy, he would have said to him, but to it, the spirit. Deaf and damp spirit. Again, look at his approach. This time he was able to identify what kind of spirit is working here. Deaf and damp spirit. That tells you certain types of deafness and dampness is caused by a demon, a spirit. A deaf and dumb spirit. And Jesus used the words, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. This should be the formula. I command you, come out and enter no more. Because remember, we just learned that there's one of, some of them, when they come out, they try to come back. We lay an injunction, enter no more. You enter that house. You study what is going on. And you say, whatever demon is in operation here. In the name of Jesus, I command you out of this house and don't come back here. Jesus did that. Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you. See, notice that Jesus is the one dealing with the matter here. He didn't say, I command you in the name of Jesus. No, he's the one standing there. So he said, I command you. Come out of him and enter him no more. Sometimes we want to make the thing so complicated. We want to call thunder and lightning. No, those things are not powerful than the name of Jesus. Jesus. Then the spirit cried out. What an amazing development. The spirit in the boy cried out. Convulsed him greatly and came out of him. You may not be able to see it physically, but it came out. When you are spiritually aware, you may see some signs. But sometimes this person will fall down and then they will manifest in a way and the thing has come out. Demon came out of him and he lay there like someone who was dead. So that many people said he is dead. He was just lying there. You know, sometimes if you have been in church and ministry where the power of God is on display and the power of God manifests like that and a demon is cast out, sometimes you find this person after all the agitations, etc. This person lies down and is not responsive for a while. He's still breathing, but it's sort of like in a state um, as if it's in a deep sleep or something similar to what was happening here on the street here. And many people said, maybe the boy has died. But the Bible says, Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. Amen. Amen. He lifted him up and he arose. So you see, that this demon was cast out following Jesus' example. He should be our example. He should be our example. He said, I command you, 
come out. Enter no more. This should be the authority you exhibit in Jesus' name. So we cast demons out by commanding them to leave, to come out, and to come back no more by the following. Number one, using the name of Jesus. We may, we may end our service with just the name of Jesus. I've got about seven to teach you, but we will just end with the name of Jesus today. Using the name of Jesus. You must use the name of Jesus to command the demon to come out. You have no power on your own. We are exercising the authority given to us by Jesus. Again, we go back to the principle he taught us. He said, go, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, you shall cast out demons. Amen. So you will exercise that authority in my name. By the authority of my name, you command that demon to come out and not to enter again. Mark chapter 16, verse 14 to 20. I just quoted it, but let's read it for the purpose of those who have not heard it before. Mark 16, 14 to 20. Later, Jesus appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table. The 11, because Judas had committed suicide for betraying Jesus. He had committed suicide, and so he's dead. And so they were left with 11 apostles. And as they sat at the table eating, Jesus rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he'd risen. Verse 15, and then he said to them, Go into all the world now. Preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes, verse 16, and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. It's a dangerous thing to be hearing the gospel and still refuse to believe that Jesus is the son of God. The Bible says there is a day of condemnation coming. And we can't be academic about it. It may not make sense to you, but that reality will be with us very soon. And the Bible says, those who don't believe, they will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Do I have believers in the house? Yes. This is a sign that will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. That means that demons will continue to be on the earth after Jesus had gone to heaven and they will be necessary to be cast out for the advancement of the gospel. When we preach the gospel, we will encounter them, cast them out. They will speak with new tongues. If you have been speaking in tongues and praying in tongues, you are supposed to cast demons out. They will take up serpents. Doesn't mean you go around looking for snakes to leave them. It means that in the event where it is a setup, it's an attack, it's an accidental thing, the Bible says that you will take up serpents and it will not do you any harm. And if you drink any deadly thing, if you drink anything poisonous, again, that you don't intentionally go and take poison to drink, it says, assuming someone tries to poison you or something is set up as part of the plan of the enemy to hinder you, the Bible says, if you drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt you. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Those ones we just read is similar to that scripture in Isaiah 54 verse 17 that no weapon formed against you shall prosper Amen. and every tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. Amen. Amen. 
So then, verse 19, after the Lord has spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. I'm, I just intentionally read this for you to know these were the last instructions. Go, preach the gospel, cast demons out. And they went out and they preached everywhere. And the Lord working with them. He's not physically there, but his power and his presence in the personality of the Holy Spirit was working with them and confirming the word they preached through the accompanying signs. So as they went preaching and they find people possessed with demons, they cast the demons out and the Lord confirming it with signs and wonders. May that be your portion in the name of Jesus as a believer. Look into your community. Bind, deal with the demons that are controlling the lives of the people. There are demons of unbelief that is making the people not to believe the gospel. The scripture tells us that somewhere in the book of Acts, when Paul went to preach in the city, there was with the deputy governor of the city, a, a man called Elimas, a false with a prophet, a sorcerer, and he tried to stand in the way of the gospel. Paul dealt with him by divine authority. He commanded him to be blind and he became blind. Definitely, any spirits he's using, they were all dislodged. The guy was left alone. And the gospel was preached. Every opposition you face, may you have authority to deal with the spirit beings that are working to hinder it. Either in ministry or in your family or in society, in your workplaces, wherever. May you gain divine energy. And divine understanding from tonight. And exercise your kingdom mandate in the name of Jesus. You should not be afraid of them. For greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. So the Bible says the Lord confirmed the word with signs and wonders following. Remember, we are using the name of Jesus. So Jesus said in Mark 16, use my name. In my name, you cast them out. Second example. Again, using the name of Jesus. We are still on the name of Jesus. Mark 16, 16. So that you follow it biblically. How was it done? This time, Acts 16, verse 16 to 19. Now it happened as we went to prayer. Paul and his companions have found themselves in this place called Macedonia. And as they came to plant church and to do the work of ministry, every day they go to preach the gospel and the Bible says, as they were going to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. I told you there are different kinds of spirits. We'll come back to them. But one of them here, a spirit of divination. A spirit of divination is involved in fortune telling. False prophecies. Satanic prophecies. So they will... Tell you things about your family. And the information may be true. But the spirit that is actually giving the information. Is using an information source. Which is not the spirit of God. But that of the devil. The spirit of divination. Works with what we call familiar spirits. They are very familiar with family. Familiar with you. So they can mimic your voice. Act like you. Behave like you. And it's this kind of spirits. That are in operation. With such spirits of divination. And diviners. And mediums that interact with the dead. Necromancy. And you hear stories of communication with the dead. And they say they're going to ask something at a shrine or something. Where a member of your family had died. And then as a word from that shrine. That the person said that he was not buried well. 
and the family has not treated him well. He's not very happy where he is. He should stay there. It's another demon that is actually speaking. Yeah, once we had a, a story that, you know, a word came from one of such places that a member of the family who died says she's still standing. He has not yet sat down. I say he should keep standing. What kind of lie is this? But that is what those who don't know the truth are deceived. But they are trafficking with what they call communication with those who have died. You can't bring anybody who is dead back by any of these means. We will touch there. But the Bible tells us in the book of Luke, Jesus gave an example and said that a rich man died and went to hell. And a poor man, a beggar, Lazarus, died and he went to Abraham's bosom. Let's say heaven for this case. For the purpose of this teaching. Now, he did not go to heaven because of his poverty. Poverty is not synonymous with holiness. He went to heaven because he believed in the Lord. The rich man did not go to hell because he was rich. Rich men still follow Jesus. You can still be rich and still be a believer in Jesus. Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, that's what the Bible said. And when it mattered most, Peter doesn't have enough what it takes to be able to talk to political leadership. Neither did James and John and the others. And for scripture and prophecy to be fulfilled when Jesus died and his lifeless body was hanging on the cross, it took Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, the Bible emphasize the fact that he was rich together with Nicodemus this may well these are well to do people in society they were secret disciples of Jesus the bible says he entered the palace of Pilate and requested for the body of Jesus and was given to him and he buried him in his own tomb among the rich fulfilling the prophecy that said that when Jesus dies he will die in the midst of robbers but he will be buried with the rich when it came to fulfillment of that prophecy, it took a rich man to ensure that. Rich men are needed in the house of the Amen. Lord. Refuse to be poor. Amen. Poverty must die. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Don't settle for poverty. Amen. Glory be to Jesus. So that rich man went to hell because he did not believe Jesus. Not because he was rich. Now, summary of the whole thing. The Bible says when he died, he, was, he found himself in hell. And then, and that story is a true story. When Jesus is giving parables, he doesn't mention people's names. This very story, he gave names. So again, we are dealing with deity. We're dealing with Jesus. He's not just human. He's both human and divine. And so he knows what goes on in the spirit as well. And he's told us this story. And then he said, when the rich man lifted his eyes, he saw Lazarus afar off. And he said to Abraham, Father Abraham, send Lazarus. To dip his hand in water to come and cool my tongue. You see what poverty can do. Even in heaven, the guy still want to send him. On his way to heaven, this rich man still want to send him. May the Lord deliver you from poverty. In Jesus' name. And then the Bible says, Abraham said to him, that it is not possible. There is a great gulf between where we are and where you are. And it is not possible for anyone to cross from where we are to where you are. Even in eternity, yes. there is, it's not possible to move from where we are in God's presence to where you are. And there's no way that anyone from your end, even though you can see us, can cross and come as well. Now, if that is the case, then how possible is it that a piece of drink being poured 
can move someone from the presence of God to the earth to speak to a demon-possessed witch or wizard or that person sitting at that shrine. That is not possible. That is a familiar spirit, an entity that is familiar with the dead person, an entity that is fam a familiar with the whole family by spiritual intelligence is able to bring these things out, but that is not the real person. We will deal with that at another time, whether it was Samuel who actually came up or not. That's the scripture people have been using. We will deal with that. But it was not Samuel, just for starters. Amen. Amen. Now, let's, look more. let's move on now. Acts 16, 16 to 19. It happened as we went to prayer, a certain slave girl, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us. She's possessed, bear that in mind, with a demon a spirit of uh, divination. Who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. See, palm readers and all those places. This is what they use. This spirit. So, when people see her, she will just tell them and then they charge 10 pounds, 10 CDs, 10 Swiss francs, 10 dollars, wherever you find yourself. Or the kwacha and all of that. Yes. Okay. I think it's Zambia, they, they spend their currency is kwacha. Anita, are you hearing me? Yes. Anita, Arthur. Yes, you use kwacha. Okay, let's go on. Right, so she would have charged 10 kwacha and tell a story. Tell you what your future holds, etc. And I've always said, if the fortune teller tells you you are going to die tomorrow, what would you do? They can't do anything about it. There's only one way. There's only one life. And that's in Jesus Christ. What these demons do is that they do substitutions. Yeah. If you go to those shrines, they take the hypertension and give you liver disease. After a time, you come back again. They take the liver out and put a cancer in and all of that to keep you in slavery and keep you in that covenant. But we break it in the name of Jesus. And so the Bible says, this girl brought her master's money by fortune telling. Using the spirit of divination. This girl followed Paul and us. And cried out after us, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God. They proclaim to us the way of salvation. Ladies and gentlemen, what this lady is saying is true. Paul and his companions, they are the men of God. They are showing us the way of salvation. But the information is correct. But the spirit that is giving this information is not the spirit of God. It can deceive many people. That's why when we get to some of the things that you need to do to be able to identify demons, we'll look at some of the spiritual gifts. But this is important. Nobody could see that, but thank God for the Spirit of God. The Bible says she followed and did this. Verse 18, this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed. Somebody is singing your praises and you suddenly become grieved in your spirit. He could pick it out by the gifts of descending of spirits. That this is not a correct information. This is not a correct spirit speaking. And the Bible says he turned to the spirit. Look into your scriptures. You see, he turned to the spirit, not the girl. He turned to the spirit in the girl. Holy Spirit, thank you. And then Jesus, look at Paul. Again, the principle I'm teaching you. Paul says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. I told you that is approach. I command you in the name of Jesus, come out of her. You are supposed to issue a command in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And the Bible says, and he came out that very minute. Look at it. It was a girl. The Bible says, he came out. Yeah. And he was in a she. Hey. Hey. And the demon came out of her that very minute. When the authority 
is issued. In the name of Jesus, come out of her. I speak over your life. In the name of Jesus, every demon troubling you, either physically, maritally, emotionally, in any way, I command that demon, as you hear the sound of my voice now, to live now, come out in Jesus' name, and enter no more. Harass these families no more. In Jesus' name. He says, and he came out, and when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, that means there was a physical manifestation. Either the girl fell down, or now when people came, she couldn't tell anything anymore. Something happened to the girl. When a demon comes out, something happens. You may not see the demon with your eye, but there is a manifestation. When we read, a man possessed with 2,000 demons, possessed by 2,000 demons, when they came out, he sat in his right mind. There was a physical manifestation. These people, they are, her masters saw that something has changed. Then they, they decided to beat Paul and Silas and threw them into jail. Sometimes you enter into trouble because you did the will of God. It doesn't mean God is not with you. In the midst of that trouble, God will use the occasion to glorify himself. Amen. So again, we see an example here that a demon was cast out and the approach was in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse 17 to 20. Luke 10, 17 to 20. Then the 70 returned with joy. These were another group of disciples, 70 of them, that Jesus had trained and sent them to go and preach the gospel. And the Bible says they returned and they said something very interesting. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. It must be his name. That's why I'm using the name of the Lord as the first and most powerful weapon to use against demons and to command them to come out. There is no other name above his name. Christian, Christians of today, it feels like the name of Jesus has lost its power in your ears. So you think thunder is more powerful, lightning is more powerful, and fire is more. Sometimes you pass by some prayer meetings, it's fire, fire, fire. I mean, what kind of, what, what is that? Use the name of Jesus. Fire is no more powerful than the name of Jesus. It's a wrong way to pray. Show me which verse of scripture makes anybody pray that way. Sometimes we see others do things, then we follow them. And for two hours, fire, 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 fire. I mean, which demon is going to leave? Because fire, fire, fire. Why don't you use the name of Jesus? The name of Jesus is above every name that is named. These elements are nothing before that name. Yes, he was highly exalted. Wherefore, the Lord has given him a name that is above every name. Yes. Above every name of things in heaven, of things on earth, of things under the earth. What is fire? Fire, thunder, lightning. It's a reflection of unbelief in his name. We have lost revelation in the power of the name of Jesus. Nobody gets saved by fire, by thunder, and by lightning. But the Bible says, as many as call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Fire and lightning. Read the scriptures. That's why we have teaching service. In Jesus' name. Let the scriptures speak. Don't copy because you saw some people doing something. Then we have Christians following that. May we be practical Christians. 
who are like the people in Berea. Check the scriptures. It is God. Let me share something with you. God watches over his word to perform it. If it is not his word to use fire to command a demon out, it will not be honored by the Lord. And that demon will just be dancing before you. Yeah. That's why when you are casting demons out, exercise authority. Don't dance around the demon. And be singing, Elijah, Elijah. And you are singing around the demon. Send your fire. And you are singing around the demon. Which of the scriptures we have just read this evening tells us we should sing around the demon? Command it to leave. And it's all because you have not done enough preparation, not carrying enough of the anointing and the presence of God and the power of God. And so we are not trying to use force and gimmicks. May the Holy Spirit help you to walk in line with the word of God and carry the necessary glory that when you show up anywhere, it shouldn't take too long to command that thing to live. And it will live in Jesus' name. Amen. The 70 returned with joy and they said, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Verse 19, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, serpents and scorpions. These are representative of satanic powers. If the serpent represents Satan, then the scorpions represent the demons. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I give you authority. Verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, only that the demons are subject to you, the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Demons must be subject to the Christian in Jesus' name. So we cast demons out and we command them to leave, to come out and not to enter anymore by using, number one, the name of Jesus the Christ. Not just Jesus, but Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, look at Acts chapter 19, verse 11 to 16. Just got a few scriptures to share with you and then we will, we will finish for tonight. Acts 19, verse 11 to 16. Now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists. Now it means that Paul was... So busy working miracles here and there. It got to a point, you know, he may be so busy with the crowd that now they have to touch him with handkerchiefs, take it and go and touch some people. Now, this is not a formula. That means every time we must also look for handkerchief. I remember when we were growing up, there was holy handkerchief. You have to send a letter, write a letter, correspondence to somebody. It was called Reverend Ike. He used to be in America. Then we were back in Africa, in Ghana, young boys. And we wrote letters to Reverend Ike. Then he will give you holy handkerchief. Oh God, we were looking for God. And there were many others. And then there are many, many other things that we see around. And they always use this example. Paul didn't set off intentionally doing that. It was in the midst of ministration of a crowd. There are times that God may lead you in that direction. But let's be careful that we don't take Rima. 
to form doctrines and end up with error that without anything, we can't have this. In Jesus' name. We can cast demons out in the name of Jesus. When the Lord leads us to lift oil, we will lift oil. When there's no oil to demons must still live. So that you don't become so fixated with oil that if you can't find oil, you can't exercise your authority. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, these things must be understood so that we practice our faith based on scripture in Jesus' name. So, the Bible said that Paul, these things were used to touch him and they sent it to many people. It's the same thing that happened. You could see that the Bible says Peter was so busy with ministration that people now notice that if people cross his shadow, they got healed. So people started locating Peter's shadow. Maybe he's busy laying hands and they see where his shadow falls. And then people started putting the sick in the direction of his shadow and they were healed. Peter did not set out to intentionally make his shadow heal the sick. It was an observation in the midst of a move of God. And people saw that and they did that. Since then, Peter has not attended any crusade with an intention that light should be cast on him in a particular way. And then they throw all the people in that direction. May the Lord deliver us from such foolishness in the house of God. And on biblical practices, we will move into fetishism when we do things like that. But let's follow. Sometimes in the move, the Holy Ghost can do anything. But let's not make them doctrines in Jesus' name. Now the Bible says that then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits. Take note of that. These people were not Christians. They've seen that Paul is making headlines in the community and the society. Demons are coming out of people. They are casting demons out. So they too, they came together. And they said they are going to use the name of Jesus over those who had evil spirits. And the Bible says, then they said to the demon-possessed people, they said, we exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Verse 14. So there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did this? And the evil spirit answered them. I told you, demons speak. They said, the demon said, Jesus I know. And Paul I know. But who are you? Sometimes you have to ask yourself whether you are known in the realm of the spirit. Do demons recognize the authority you carry? Or you just go to church and come back? That when they try to shake you, you quickly run away. You, you are lightweight in the spirit. May the Lord empower you tonight. Amen. In the name of Jesus. You carry authority. That authority must be put to use. They are already afraid of you. But because you don't know who you are. You don't have a full revelation. Of what it really means to be a Christian. And your stand in the realm of the spirit. So you chicken out easily. May you roar again. May the lion of the tribe of Judah. Roar in you. In Jesus name. For the righteous are as bold as a lion. And the Bible says the demon possessed man overpowered them, leaped on them, prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. That's verse 16 of Acts 19, 11 to 16. Now, very interesting things I want to bring your mind to from the passages we have just read. These guys went and said in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. That suggests they had seen how Paul cast demons out. 
and they realized he always used the name of Jesus and the demons came out. So that's why when they also decided to go and practice it, they used the formula in the name of Jesus. But they couldn't use it with so much authority. So they said, the one Paul preaches. Because they didn't have a relationship with him. May you have a relationship with Jesus so that you can use his name by reason of the relationship you have with him. And that has been given to all those who have believed in his name and have called on his name. In Jesus' name, every spell that is being cast against us right now in the name of Jesus, I terminate you and I command you to fall in the mighty name of Jesus. May your assemblies gather, scatter right now. Your gatherings fail in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak the word against you and you shall not prosper. In the mighty name of Jesus, every gathering of witches and wizards against our service tonight, by the name of Jesus, I command you to fail. In Jesus' name, you shall not prevail against us. This word shall be preached in Jesus' name. And those you have held in captivity, they are coming out by the freedom that comes through the name of Jesus. So the Bible tells us, again from this scripture, the name of Jesus is what was employed. Luke chapter 9, verse 49 to 50. Luke 9, 49 to 50. And John answered and said, Master, this is Jesus' disciple John. He said to Jesus one day, he said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. Have you seen it? So the formula has always been. And he said, but we stopped him because he didn't follow after us. That means we haven't seen him in our church before. We haven't seen him following us. But we saw him in town using your name and casting demons out. And Jesus said to him, don't stop him. He that is not against us is for us. In other words, this is somebody, Jesus has been preaching to crowds. Somebody may have believed the gospel and this too is just gone to some corner and dealt with some demon. Because he's not among the 12, he shouldn't preach. You guys should focus on your assignment and try, try not to go and close down some church when you have not been authorized to go and close down a church. They were busy stopping others from using the name of Jesus because they think they are the only ones that must use it. That spirit of monopoly. You can't monopolize the anointing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Freely you have received, freely give. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So again, we see in Luke 9, 49, the name of Jesus was used to cast demons out. Philippians 2, verse 9 to 11. And I may pause there for tonight in Jesus' name. Philippians 2, verse 9 to 11. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Hallelujah. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven. Things in the spiritual realm, they'll have to bow at the name of Jesus. Things on the earth will have to bow at the name of Jesus. And things under the earth, the scripture tells us there may be, there are some things under the earth. They too, they will have to bow. Hallelujah. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It is because of this position 
It is because of this revelation. It is because of this word. He has been given a name that is above every name. The Bible says in the verse 8 of the scripture we just read, that let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, though he was God, did not count it equality to be with God, but he made himself of no reputation and humbled himself to death, even to the death on the cross. And Bible says, based on the fact that he obeyed the Father and paid the price to the fullest, he has been given a name that is above every name. That's why verse 9 starts with, wherefore, in other words, therefore, in other words, as a result of what happened before this verse, he has been given a name that is above every name, at the call of which every knee shall bow, every demon shall bow, every force of darkness will bow, every witchcraft will bow, every witch that will bow, principalities will bow, whatever has a name will bow to the name of Jesus. And this is the reason why you must use the name of Jesus to command demons to come out. Don't negotiate with them. Don't try to be nice. The devil is not nice. Command them. They understand the authority. It is the only reason is because when they check you out, you don't seem to be confident. That's why they try to hang in there a little bit, but use your authority. Tonight, I came to announce to you, there is authority has been given to you. Jesus said, all power, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, based on this power that has been given to me, go in my name. We have just seen the power in that name. Go in my authority. Go in my power. Power, the name of Jesus is powerful. Do you understand the power in the name? If you have a British passport, you open the first page and it says, In the name of her Britannic majesty, let this one be given access. Hey, that is Britannic majesty in her name. Then you move in her name. Yeah, access should be granted. Access, let, without let or hindrance. I like that phrase. In her name. Listen, she did not create the world. And yet in her name, with a British passport, you get access to several countries in her name. I'm talking about the one who made the kingdom that she is the queen over. I'm talking about the one that created the kingdoms of the world, the nations of the world, the cities of the world, the mountains of the world, the seas, the rivers, and all that, and the humans in the world. I'm talking about in his name, in his name. May you have a revelation of the name of Jesus. And when you use that name, heaven will back it. Not lightning, not thunder, not fire, but the name of Jesus. The name is above fire. The name is above lightning. The name is above thunder. I pray that this word will enter your spirit. That from tonight, you stop all those beggarly elements trying to use their names. Those fires and thunders can't move a demon. The devil himself knows it. Sometimes himself, he moves these things against people. He moved the wind against Job's family and brought down the whole building that killed his children. He's not afraid of fire. He's not afraid of wind, but he's afraid of a name that defeated him. A name that is above every name at the call of which every knee shall bow. Use that name. Don't be deceived anymore. Don't use a false name. Don't use a weak name. Use the name of Jesus the Christ. 
and all powers of darkness, they recognize that name. For having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a public show of them openly triumphing over them in it. Therefore, all these things will come down at the mention of his name. People can be saved only through the name of Jesus. Tonight, I leave you with this message. The name of Jesus is above every name. The name of Jesus is what you must use and command the demon to leave. Tonight, command that demon in the family to leave. Command the demon controlling the minds of your spouse to leave, of the marriage to leave. The demon controlling the minds of children to leave. Command them. They will they understand you. They will leave. Command the situation to be released in the name of Jesus. Command every occasion that is not of God to leave in the name of Jesus. 